It's Bible Camp Week. We're so excited about that. Most importantly today, for my heart, I cannot wait to worship with you. Let's stand together. We're going to prepare our hearts with the chorus of this song. And I just want you today, wherever you are, drop it. The person next to you singing, soak that in. These are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's encourage each other as we glorify our Lord. I'm after your heart and all that you are. The treasure I find to know what you're like. I'm after your heart. are new you're already chasing me with relentless pursuit you have my attention you have my whole life I don't want to miss you here so open my eyes I'm after you
God, you are worthy. We come here in this place this morning, Lord, and we're here to lift up your name, a name that is so wonderful, majestic, a name above every other name, a name to whom men need to look for eternal life. God, we love you. We praise you for who you are, and we thank you that you love us. God, we just praise you and uh, trust you'll be here in our presence this morning. We look forward to continuing to worship you in this service. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again, Hopevale. How's everybody? Doing well? Good. So uh, we're going to do a meet and greet now, but we have a couple things for you today. First, um, you will notice that the decorations on the stage are a little different than normal. Um, so for those of you uh, old enough or uh, mature enough, I should say, um, perhaps you know what video games those go to. So for our meet and greet today... <laughs> We're going to say, give, tell, let the neighbor next to you and those under 30, maybe you know, maybe you don't, I don't know, but if we're gonna, what are those video games? Or let the person next to you know what your favorite video game is, or just let the person next to, know, next to you know that they look good today. Can we do that? <laughs> Go ahead. again I kind of still am I'm like 14 in a mid 40s body it's wonderful <laughs> gonna lead these kids in worship this week Monday uh, Tuesday Wednesday Thursday hey Thursday that's that video that's our that's our closing group uh, it's blitz they're gonna come in and do like a Nickelodeon b blast of fun it's going to be awesome. And I have been told by our kids ministry director, Jody Quinn, that if you can't come Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, you can still come Thursday. Please feel free to come and, and, and see that. It's in the evening. You can check our website out for times and things like that. And um, if you have registered and you're serving with us, you can pick up your T-shirt today just outside these doors over at the info desk. They're there. And if you are interested in coming, we've been talking about this for weeks, but if you're new with us, uh, feel free to uh, bring your little one or your grandchild or your, if you're a parent or a guardian or something like that, feel free to sign them up. It's evenings, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week. So you can go to the welcome desk to sign up. It's straight out the, these doors right in the middle of the lobby there. That'd be great. Well, awesome. I'm Billy. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. It's great to have everybody here today. Hope you've had a little bit of a, a red carpet welcome from our greeters and friends that uh, give you a friendly hello as you walk in our doors. And that's a great place to call home, this place called Hope Vale. God's doing so many cool things here. It's really awesome. So um, we do have a gift for you. If you are new with us, we've got like a, just a packet of information. There's like a little tumbler you can, uh, for drinks and things like that, just to, with our logo on it. So shameless promotion. So, uh, 
Hey, ushers, if you would, please come forward, and we're going to take this morning's offering. So, friends, I tell you, you know, a lot of what you give, too, goes to a lot, so many ministries, but our children's ministry is a recipient of so much of what we do here at Hopevale, which is awesome. And I understand statistically, um, most people come to faith in their uh, childhood years. So this is a crucial time for us this week as a church at Hopevale. And uh, you can be uh, just in prayer for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that God would meet our, our young ones and just help them see the things of God and Christ, the things that we keep showing up for on Sunday. Pray that they see that and find that and want to have a lifetime of following the things of God and Christ. So that would be awesome. So thank you for giving today. It's great. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we... Um, Thank you so much for your goodness to us, uh, a goodness we uh, oftentimes, I feel like sometimes we just don't deserve, but you're good to us anyway, which is uh, just beautiful. And so, um, God, here we are this day uh, wanting to uh, give you praise, wanting to come into this place to say that we're after the things of you and um, just to be so inspired and comforted and hopefully challenged too by your spirit. So uh, would you just be who you desire to be today in our lives? And as we give to you, um, we pray that what I just said to just go for your kingdom's work uh, in our kids' lives this week. And as uh, your resources are given here, God, I pray that um, with whatever is given, um, it would just be blessed. God, there's so many things going on here that, that we're so excited about and pumped about to see how you're working and moving. So thank you, Lord, for this beautiful place called Hopevale where we get to give to you and see you work. It's in your name we pray. And the church said. Amen. A couple of weeks ago, we introduced a song called Defender, and we talked about that a little bit, about how life hits us pretty hard as believers in Christ. And so I, Mike and I have been living by this uh, passage in 1 Peter 4, and I wanted to read that to you because it's very encouraging. So as we're going to sing that song again, but I want you to be encouraged as a believer, okay? So here's what the Lord says to us. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. Let that sink in. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. So, If you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. And that is the truth. He will never fail us. And if you don't hear anything else today, may that be the message. Jesus loves us so much. He is for us. He loves you. Let's sing together.
more than what we can give but God you love to hear us praising you for all of the things in our life that you've given us we are so thankful we are God your son to die for us is more than we should ever be able to have so God there's just no way to say thank you May you accept our praises. May hearts be broken for you today. Lord, for the love you have for us, may we not miss it. You are worthy, and we will praise you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning again, church. Good to see you. And those of you uh, worshiping with us in Bay City, good morning to you as well. Uh, thanks for coming and uh, worshiping here. Isn't it been good just to sing praises to the Lord, to realign our hearts with Him? I think sometimes as we go throughout the week, um, we have a, a, a pattern in our lives sometimes just to drift um, from the Lord. And I think coming and engaging in a moment where we surrender ourselves again, we sing songs, and I pray that you really listen to what you're saying, because these are just prayers we're lifting to Jesus. And I, I pray that this morning, um, as you've sung, as you've worshiped, as we've prayed, that already you are sensing uh, the presence of the Lord. He's here, um, and I pray that he just awakens us to his presence today. And even more particularly, as we open his word, uh, we're going to be finishing up our series um, called Bear Fruit. This morning we're going to be in John chapter 17. Over the last few weeks, we started in chapter 13 and uh, looking at what it meant to be a loving disciple as Jesus um, took some, some time to wash the disciples' feet and to model for them what it meant to love someone sacrificially. And he said, I want you to love um, others as I have loved you. And so uh, this call for us as a disciple to love in the way that Jesus has loved us. And the next week we looked at what it meant to be an obedient disciple. As Jesus uh, said over and over, if you love me, you will obey me. And what did it look like for us just to obey um, immediately and completely in our lives? And I pray that um, over the last couple of weeks that you've been more immediate in your obedience and more complete in your obedience to Christ. And may that just continue to grow. And that ties into last week when we talked about bearing fruit. And I know that that talk 
is convicting to me as well. And maybe you left here feeling discouraged because you're looking at your life and you're like, I don't know, you know. And, um, but I want to encourage you. And this is, this is what God's Word does to us. It should cause us to feel uncomfortable sometimes, right? It isn't just all, oh, you're doing so great. I think sometimes Jesus called his disciples to something very difficult, and he's calling us to that as well. And so this obedience that's, that's growing, that we're bearing fruit, produced by the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, that God would, would, would grow that in us as we're remaining in the vine. And so I pray that even this week, maybe you left here last week thinking, I don't think I'm bearing any fruit. I pray that you're not discouraged. I pray that that begins to sharpen you to say, okay, where in my life am I living out the, the desires of my flesh? And how can I be connected, walk by, be led by, be filled by the Spirit so that I can bear the fruit of the Spirit? And be clear, it's not your fruit, right? This is the fruit of the Spirit. As we're connected to the vine, God brings about fruit in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, that evidence of that shows that we are His disciples. And today we're going to look at John 17. This is a, an incredible chapter. This is a prayer that Jesus prayed for His disciples, and He prayed for us. And so I want to look at what it meant um, for us, two, two main words that you're going to see throughout this, pay attention to these, it's the word one, and it's the word sent. And so we're going to look at what does it mean for us to be one, and what does it mean for us to be sent. So let's look together. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 17. I'd like to just read this whole prayer, and I, I want to just remind us again that as we're going through this, this was Jesus's prayer. And it's beautiful, and it can be a model for you as you pray. How can I pray? Listen to how Jesus prays to his Father. So we're going to look, starting in verse 1. It says this, Jesus spoke these things, looked up to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you. Since you gave him authority over all flesh, so that he may give eternal life to everyone you have given him. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with that glory that I had with you before the world existed. You see Jesus proclaiming his deities like I was with the Father before anything existed. And so this is Jesus himself proclaiming that about himself. Verse 6, he says, I have revealed your name to the people you gave me from the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given is from you. Because I have given them the words that you gave me. They have received them and have known for certain that I come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me because they are yours. Everything I have is yours and everything you have is mine. And I am glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. 
Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you have given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they uh, may have my joy completed in them. I've given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I'm not of the world. I'm not praying that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. So sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. And this is where he prays for us. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. I have given them the glory that you've given me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me so that they may be made completely one. Why? That the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I want those um, you have given me to be with me where I am so that they will see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and they have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them, and will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them." Several times we see Jesus say, I've completed the work that you sent me to do. I was sent from the Father. And so we've got these ideas of sentness. And then he says, "Um, I'm one with you, and I want them to be one. And so let's look at those two concepts and see how we can begin to apply that in our life. The first one is this, um, that Jesus has prayed that we would be one. That we would be one. We would be one with God and we would be one with others. Oneness. See, Jesus over and over said, I am one with the Father. I am in him and he is in me. And I want to be in you. I want to be one with you. It's alluded to last week um, when Jesus is talking about remaining in him. There's a oneness aspect. There's a relational aspect. And so Jesus says, look, I am one with the Father. We are in perfect relationship with one another. And Jesus submitted himself as the Son to the will of the Father. And so oneness for him, and implying even with the Holy Spirit, because we saw that in a couple of other passages that we read the last couple weeks, the, the oneness between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That they are one in their love for one another, They are one in their identity. They understood that each of them, although equal, 
They have a, a role. Each one of them plays a role um, in our lives and in this world and in salvation. So they're one in their love, they're one in their identity, and they're one in their purpose. And there was a clear purpose for Jesus. So he prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one, that we would be one in our love for each other. We would be one in our identity, that we would understand who we are and that we would be one in our purpose as well. What does it mean for us to be one with God? I think he talks about that in verse 3. Look at that. In verse 3 he says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. Oneness with God starts with our relationship with the Father by the Son's death, empowered by the Spirit. That we go from death to life. That we go from being an enemy of God to being a child of God. And this relationship of oneness was made possible because Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. And He came. And He was born of a virgin. And He lived a perfect life, empowered by the Holy Spirit. He was perfect. He never sinned. I mean, think about that for Mary and Joseph. I mean, or, you know, maybe Jesus' brothers and sisters. Like, golly, living up to Jesus, you know. Talk about the perfect kid. He was, literally, the perfect kid. He was perfect in every way. He faced temptation. Every temptation that we are to face, Jesus, he faced those same temptations. And he did not sin in any of those. He was one with the Father. And so he's calling us to be one with the Father. And we do that by, by accepting Jesus' gift of salvation. And we become one with him and we experience eternal life. We love him. We obey him. We follow him as Jesus did. And we can be one with him. And then he says, um, throughout this, he says, I pray that they would be one with each other. That the church, that the believers would be one in their love for one another, in an understanding of their identity, who they are in Christ, and what their purpose is on this planet. I took a, a, a minute uh, this last week to just write down all of the places in the New Testament, um, all the one another's. And I think last summer you guys did a series on the one another's. So I'm just, I'm going to blitz this. If you want to know what verses these are, go to Google and search one another's and you'll find them. All right, they're all there. So listen to this. He says, be at peace with each other. Wash one another's feet. Love one another. There's a whole bunch of those. Probably 20 times in the, the Bible it talks about loving one another. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Live in harmony with one another. Stop passing judgment on one another. Accept one another. Just as Christ accepted you. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. We don't do that very often, but it's kind of weird now, but hey, it's in the scriptures. When you come together to eat, wait for each other. Have equal concern for each other. Serve one another in love. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Carry each other's burdens. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other. Speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We did that already. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
In humility, consider others better than yourselves. Don't lie to each other. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Make your love increase and overflow for each other. That's a good one. Encourage each other. Build each other up. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Don't slander one another. Don't grumble against each other. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Live in harmony with one another. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. And lastly, it says, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. I don't know how many of that is. That's a bunch. That's the New Testament's challenge for us. And I think when Jesus is saying, I want you to be one with, with each other as believers, that's what he's talking about. It's not just, you know, we're going to agree with each other on certain theological points. Or we might agree with each other on um, maybe some political things. Or might, we might agree uh, to disagree on some things. We're not talking about that. He's like, listen, I want you to be one as I am one with the Father. I want you to be one with me, and I want you to be one with each other. And the New Testament is packed full of verses that help us understand what it means to be one in our love for each other. It's a lot. And we'll never, ever master that. And so I would challenge you, it's a challenge for me to say, I'm going to devote myself to loving others, other believers, encouraging them, admonishing them, praying for them, submitting myself to them, so that we can honor Christ in his prayer, that his prayer would be answered in us as we live out this oneness with one another. So what are the, the fruits of this? We see um, in verses 21 and 23 some results of our oneness with God and our oneness with each other. Look at that in verse 21. In verse 21 it says, May they all be one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe you sent me. Our oneness has a purpose. It has a grand purpose for those who don't know Jesus. And all of the things that I read to you, all those one another's, are ways that we express love to each other and oneness as a, a group of believers. But not only do we benefit from that, but the main reason Jesus wants us to be one is so that the world may believe that the Father sent Jesus. And then in verse 23, he says, I am in them and you are in me so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you have sent me. Again, and listen to this, and that you have loved them uh, and have loved them as you have loved me. And so our oneness to each other as believers proclaims to a world that needs to know Jesus who God is and who he sent as his son, and that the father loves them as he loved the son. That's the purpose of our oneness. It's important. Jesus prayed many times. I mean, there's five or six times he's praying for us that we would be one. We need to be one. We need to be one in our love for each other. We need to be one in our identity, and we need to be one in our purpose. So be one with God and others. The second 
is this, that we need to accomplish the mission. We have been sent as a missionary by Jesus, commissioned by him. Last week he said, I have appointed you to bear fruit. And as we bear fruit, we begin to accomplish the mission for which he sent us on. Look at verse 18. I'll start in 17. He says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. See, Jesus was sent by the Father as the first missionary to the world. His purpose was to come, obey the Father, to obey him, to be born and to die in our place as a substitute, as the perfect sacrifice that was able not to just cover our sin, but to remove our sin. And as we saw in 2 Corinthians uh, a few weeks ago, that there was this incredible exchange that, there goes my notes, I knew that was going to happen, that as we um, experience Jesus, Jesus being totally righteous, and we are totally sinful, that he, the, the, the scriptures say that he who was righteous, who knew no sin, became sin for us. And we have been made perfect. Jesus accomplished his mission. He was obedient to his Father. And Jesus says, just as I've submitted myself to the Father and I've accomplished the mission that he sent me on, I am calling you, I am sending you to accomplish your mission. And our mission is the same as Jesus, as we understand what it means to obey him. See, Jesus um, was submissive to the Father, and he loved the Father by obeying him immediately and completely. Jesus um, was filled with and empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he was bearing fruit in an increasing fashion all through his life. We see that not only that, but Jesus came with his main mission to die for us, and he faithfully walked that road to the cross and endured all of the suffering that came with that, not just physically, but there's another aspect of the separation that, that happened between the Father and the Son and the Spirit that had never happened in all of eternity. And when Jesus is on the cross saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? He was experiencing the brokenness that happened because of our sin. And Jesus endured that. He took all of that on himself. And his last words saying, it is finished. It is paid in full. Now we have access to the Father. He accomplished his mission by bringing glory to the Father. Look at verse 4. He says, I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus was about glorifying his Father. And he was sent to, to accomplish a mission. And he did. Thank, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because it makes it possible for us to even be a part of this family. And so now he's calling us to be a, a sent missionary, a sent one, to accomplish the mission of the Father. And we see a really good description of that in Matthew 28. And if you've been around for a while, you know that Matthew 28 is also referred to as the Great Commission. We are on mission with the Father. So turn with me to Matthew 28. And we're going to spend a little bit of time kind of unpacking this mission 
that Jesus is sent us on. So he's with the eleven, and it says in verse 16 of chapter 28 of Matthew, uh, the eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I, I've got that circled in my Bible. Isn't that interesting that through all of this, through all of what Jesus did, they're seeing the resurrected Jesus? And here it's like they worshipped him, but some doubted. Did you feel that way some this morning? Maybe you're singing words and you're like, I, I know that's true, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel that. I think the disciples were going through the same thing. Let that be encouraging to you. These are the guys that saw Jesus physically raised from the dead. And they still had doubts in their hearts. Look at verse 18. It says, Jesus came near and he said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here Jesus gives us the, 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 the goal for us. Our, our mission has been established by Jesus himself. And so he gives us this, this mission to go and make disciples. Making disciples is the main thing. And here's, here's a, a definition, a working definition of what it means to be a disciple. A disciple is a person who is increasingly submitting all of their life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Worshiping Jesus, being changed by Jesus, obeying Jesus. And they're leading others to increasingly submit all of their life to the empowering presence and lordship of Jesus Christ. That's what it means for us to be a disciple. And that's, we, we got to be one and we got to make one. It's part of the process for us. And so he says, go and make disciples. And then he, Jesus does something really important here. And sometimes we, we, we overlook this aspect of baptism. And he says, uh, not only make disciples, but he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. This is the identity part. You've been sent as a disciple to make disciples, but Jesus wants you to understand that, that baptism is a part of redefining our identity, who we are. And so when I, when I process this, I think of four questions uh, when we're talking about identity. One, who is God? What did he do? Who am I? And what do I do? And I think we see this in being baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So question number one, who is God? Well, first of all, God is Father. He's Father. He is your and my Father. And what did he do as Father? He, he loved us and he adopted us. We were outside of the family of God, and it says that he adopted us and he made us his child. And so who am I? So if God is father and what he did was adopt us, who am I? I'm now part of his family. I'm an active heir of the father. I am fully vested in his family as his son. And he says, you know, out of that um, identity of being a, a son, being part of the family, what do I do? Well, I love others as family. And we talked about that 
in chapter 13 when Jesus said, I want you to love as I have loved you. I want you to serve as I have served you. And this is part of our identity of being in the family of God, that, that we are now adopted as children, we are part of the family, and we love others as family. That's part of our, our identity. The second part is this. Who is God? He is also Son. He's Jesus. What did he do? Jesus came as the king, right? He is the ruler, right? You agree with that? He is the king. So what does that make us? His servants. Let's never forget that. Because Jesus as king came to serve. And he modeled that for us in John 13 particularly, but even more importantly in all the gospels when we see him surrender himself to die in our place. He is the king and he is worthy of us. And so uh, as, as an identity piece, we are now servants. So I'm a child of God, adopted into the family of God, loving others as family, but now I understand that I'm a servant of King Jesus. And my job is to sacrificially serve others. And the third thing is looking at the Holy Spirit. So God is Father, God is Son, and God is Holy Spirit. Well, what did the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit empowered Jesus while he was walking this earth to serve the Father, to empower him to do all that he was called to do. And so he empowered Jesus as a missionary. And so he's like, look, just as the Spirit has empowered me as a missionary, you are called to be a missionary as well. All of us that are believers, we're all missionaries. It's not the people that live across the ocean, right? You, as a follower of Jesus, your identity in, in the Spirit is that you are a sent missionary. Jesus said, I have sent you to accomplish my mission. Right here in Saginaw, right in Bay City, right where you live, you are a missionary. So what are you supposed to do as a missionary? We're supposed to demonstrate and declare the gospel. Demonstrate and declare the gospel right where you are. And so God has called us by his spirit and he's given us this new Trinitarian identity of being a, a child of God who loves others, his family, uh, to be um, called by, by Jesus as a servant to sacrificially serve others and then to be empowered by the Holy Spirit as a missionary to demonstrate and declare the gospel. So we're one in our love for each other. We're also one in our identity and in our purpose. So we make disciples. We are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, um, and the Spirit to understand our new identity, our new Trinitarian identity. And then the last thing is he says that we should teach them to obey everything. So there's a, a discipleship teaching aspect to this as well. We're going to teach the Word. This, in, this contains all of the teachings of Jesus. So it requires us to be in the Word, to be growing in the Word, but it also means that we should be telling others, teaching others the Word. And I think the most comforting part of this is he says, remember. Why, why do you think he says remember? Because we what? We forget. I forget regularly that Jesus is with me. I guarantee you if we would remember the presence of Jesus, our sin life 
would be a little bit, little bit more challenged, right? If you were, think about, you know, maybe there's a, a sin in your life that is um, a hard one. It's just really a difficult one for you to break away from. As you're getting ready to practice that sin, just say out loud, Jesus, I know you're here. Think about it. Whatever that sin is, Jesus, I know you're here. It will have an effect. And the truth is, he is. And he's not there to condemn you. He's there to love you. And he says, I want you to be like me. I want you to be made in my image. And I want you to die to your flesh. And I want you to bear the fruit of the Spirit. and Live in obedience to me. So remember that. And he says, I am with you always. I'm with you always to the end of the age. He is with us. What an awesome, awesome promise. So as we wrap this series up, as I've been praying for you guys here at Hopewell, my prayer is that you would grow to be a loving disciple, that you would love others as Jesus has loved you, that you would be a sacrificially serving body of believers, that you would be obedient disciples, that you would show Jesus that you love him out of your obedience. It doesn't gain you any more favor. I mean, I've tried to say this and I hope you hear it. Jesus loves you the most he could ever love you. And, and the scriptures teach that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. And so your, your obedience to him isn't somehow a way to earn his favor. He, he, you have his favor. And yet our obedience proves again to Jesus that we love him as an obedient disciple. And the third thing is just that you would grow in your maturity. That all of us would see, be honest about where we are in our walk with Jesus. And that we would go, maybe if you looked at your life, you're like, I'm not bearing any fruit. Well, my prayer for you is that you would bear some fruit. Grow to that. And if you're bearing some fruit, that you would bear more fruit. And if you're bearing more fruit, that you would bear much fruit. And if you're bearing much fruit, that you would, that you would bear abiding fruit or lasting fruit. All of us are in a, a cycle of growth and repentance and belief. And so I pray that this sanctifying work of Jesus by His Spirit would challenge you to grow and bear more fruit in your life. And then lastly, that, that you would understand that you are a sent disciple. You are sent by Jesus to accomplish his mission. And that you would understand your new identity as a child of God, as a servant of Jesus, as one who is demonstrating and declaring the gospel to everyone Jesus brings in your path. And that as we close this up, that you would be that type of a disciple in your life. So I want to close with a, a thanks for letting me be a part um, of Hopevale again for the last four Sundays. It's been an absolute blessing to me. It's been an honor to be back here. And so love you guys very much. And I just want to pray for you and... Uh, let the Lord just uh, encourage us this morning, and then we're going to close with a song. So let's pray. Lord, I um, am so thankful for, I don't know, just the leadership of your Spirit 
just this few chapters, a little snapshot of your conversation with your disciples, how you've modeled for us sacrificial love, not only in chapter 13 as you wash the disciples' feet, but as we read and watch you make your way to Golgotha and be crucified for us. Lord, we've been encouraged, maybe admonished some in the areas of obedience, being obedient immediately and, and completely. And I pray that you would encourage us to continue growing and bearing fruit and that we would embrace this identity that you've given us. That Jesus has sent us just as the Father has sent him. And I pray that we would be a church that embraces that, that understands that we're not here for our own benefit. I pray that we are encouraged. I pray that coming to church and being in a small group and uh, loving, loving you and our communities, I pray that that does bring about joy in our lives. But I, I pray that the motivating factor would be your glory and that many would come to know you because of our oneness because of our obedience and that someday as we stand before you we're not going to be worried about how good we were or how bad we were we're thankful that Jesus' grace is sufficient but that the only thing on our heart is did we glorify the Father and so I pray that that would be our heart's desire and what would motivate us as we grow in being a loving disciple an obedient disciple a sent disciple, one who bears fruit in maturity. May we just glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, Isaiah in the Old Testament um, has this experience with God where he recognizes that he has definitely been in God's presence and says, uh, God says, who, who will go for us? Who, who shall I send? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. And he's just undone in the presence of God. And um, there's this act that he did. He said, here's my heart, God, here it is. Here's all of me. Speak what's true in my life and have me, have me be sent. So we're going to sing this song, Here's My Heart, and Stephanie's going to lead us today so we can have the heart of Isaiah.
uh, remain standing for a few minutes. Stephanie, that was beautiful. Thank you for leading us that way. Yeah. Goodness. Bring it in, team. Come on in here. You come in here. Cass, you come in here. Cass at the end here. You heard him earlier today. He's the chair of our elder board. A lot of us know that. But if you're new with us, you don't. So, uh, hey, you got to clap, Cass. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's all family, right? Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Thanks, yeah. Mom. Yeah. Appreciate that. <laughs> My baby, Hercules. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, uh, hasn't it been just such a blessing to have the Garners? <laughs> Well, you know, they're in between uh, assignments, if you will, and uh, they're just, uh, they're saying, here I am, God, send me, Mm -hmm. I'm ready, Uh, whatever you'd like to do with me, and God's so used you guys here in more ways than we all even know. Yeah, so... Pastor Dan is on sabbatical, which many of us know our senior pastors on sabbatical. And we've got, uh, for those three months, we've got some different speakers covering. And Mike was able to come back to his church home, uh, one of his church homes and speak, which is great. So, yeah. So uh, we just wanted to pray for them before uh, we are done with their time here. So let's pray Mm -hmm. together, friends. Lord, um, the Garners, wow, you have gifted them and given them such hearts for you and such an obedient life. Um, that we could all watch and, um, and be really inspired by. And how fun it is to have gotten to know them over these uh, last um, four weeks for so many of us who uh, now call Hope Vale home, but for a lot of people just to welcome them back and, and just to have a great uh, reunion. So, uh, Lord, thank you so much for how we have been challenged to bear fruit and how, Lord, um, we're reminded that uh, you pick up all our pieces mm-hmm. and you put us back together. You do that. And um, God, I pray that um, uh, that you'd use the garners continually. We know you will. Um, All of us face transitions in life. Every person in here has faced a transition where we don't really know what's coming next, but we know you're there. So uh, just like Mike uh, said, even if it's a time of uh, sin and you say, uh, Jesus, uh, Lord, they say Jesus now. We say Jesus too, to know that you're here and to know that you have a next step for them too. So we pray for that and ask God you continue to bless Hope Vale along the way and along the journey. So we love you, Lord, and uh, thank you for a beautiful, beautiful day of worship where we could uh, be reminded to be more like you and to be more like our, our friends that inspire us who we see you in them. So, Lord, we love you and ask your blessing on today. In your name, amen. Amen. God bless you, friends. Have a beautiful day. Yeah.